How can we as singers continue to improve our voice, give amazing performances, and live out our singing dreams? Hi, I'm Tiffany Van Boxel, and for the last 10 years, I've taught thousands of voice lessons to a full studio of singers. And throughout this time, I have learned so much, and I want to share all of that knowledge with you, invite some amazing guest experts on this show, all to help you to sing better, give amazing performances, and live your singing dream. So let's get started. Today's guest is Suze Polinski. Suze is the founder of the Rockstar Advocate, a mindset coach for music professionals who want to get clear on their goals and next steps while maintaining a health-work balance. And this episode is all about the realities, struggles, fears, and emotional roller coaster of a working and touring music artist. We chat about how to get over your fear of performing in front of others, all about expectations, troll strategies, learning from muscle memory, breaking down your ideas and goals, and organizing your time. We talk about when you get those questions, like, how do I know if this is working for me? Do I need more time? Do I need a better strategy? Or do I just need to give up? Is this just too much for me? We're, we're also talking about getting over the overwhelm of your biggest dreams and goals. And my favorite, thinking about your future self. This was a huge shift for me and I'm excited to share it with you. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. I am here with Suze Polinski, the rock star advocate. I'm so excited that you're here. And can you just tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got here, and how you help singers, musicians, and creatives? Sure. So thanks so much for having me. Um, Basically, I got my start a little over 15 years ago. I was part of Drexel University's first graduating class of their music industry program. So I luckily was, it was me and like 40 other students and we got to really shape the program that they have today, which gets like hundreds and thousands of applicants um, these days. So I started there and in order to graduate, you needed two um, full-time co-ops internships. So Uh, When I was 18, I started interning at Atlantic Records, and that was amazing, and I stayed with them for a couple of years, and then I followed my boss to Astroworks. Um, I graduated early so I could take on this job at Astroworks as their Midwest sales coordinator, and I was 20, and I had my own office, and I felt so cool, but I was also miserable because I just wasn't very good at sales. I was very introverted, and my job, well, part of my job was to train and hire interns. And then another part of my job was to manage the national street team, which I loved. Um, The street team was, you know, volunteers from all over the country who wanted to help promote our artists. And I loved that. But then my main part of the job was working with retailers like Sam Goody and Virgin Megastore and Tower Records when we would have artists come through making sure they had enough CDs, trying to get that precious space in the front window uh, with posters and stuff. And I'm not a wheeler dealer, like that's just not my vibe. So I was really miserable. Um, It was a very demanding job. 
I was 20 and while it was great that my boss believed in me, I didn't really have the confidence to believe in myself. So it was just everything I needed to do just felt terrifying. And the thought that ever since I was 12 years old, I wanted to work at a label. And then I got there and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be like. And so the feeling that my goal was wrong or that I didn't predict this was devastating. Um, so I started therapy and uh, later on that year, I did leave that job and I created my own company with my college roommate. We started our own hip hop label and it was going well, but we didn't know how to scale or really grow. We kind of understood the music industry business, but we didn't understand business and we didn't get like how to really build the, the internal structure of that business. So um, we had a couple of tries. We worked for about six years doing all different sorts of uh, versions of that. Uh, and then I went to go get my master's in psychology. I thought, you know, maybe I need to just give all this a break. She wanted to go do her own thing. I wanted to go do mine. And so um, while I was a paralegal working with contracts and, you know, understanding copyright law and stuff like that, I went to go get my master's. And that's when I realized, oh, this is what I love. This is what I'm good at. And nobody's really doing this right now. I mean, there's no one marketing therapy to people. And then I figured out why. And it's because when you try to market straight therapy, they don't really want to do that. I was getting a lot of, oh, I just drink before a show and then I'm fine. Or, you know, no, 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 I'll, you know, I'm supposed to hustle and it's supposed to be hard. I'll figure it out. Um, and, and then I realized like, okay, they just need more structure. And as I started to market myself as a time management coach and do more organizational stuff, which I love, a lot of what I do now with the Rockstar Advocate over the last almost five years is we are peeling back the layers. And the reason you're not sticking to your habits or your routine is because you're dealing with depression or as we spoke about anxiety or some people have other mental um, issues and disorders that they're dealing with like bipolar and uh, borderline and all these other afflictions that they need to work around. Um, and so while I don't diagnose anybody, I'm not, I don't get involved on that. And when people do come to me and I do know that they're dealing with certain things, I am trained in how to maneuver around that and find ways that they can work through certain things and overcome those obstacles. So that's kind of been, that's kind of the, the journey so far. <laughs> awesome. I love it. So do you find that when like people come to you with those types of things that it's caused from like just the general fear and anxiety of performing, of trying to get their music out there, of putting a lot of pressure on themselves. And how does that come full circle? Yeah, great question. So yeah, a lot of it is tied to, you know, aside from anything that somebody might be battling with internally, um, you know, in terms of a disorder, there on top of that, just the everyday day to day, a lot of what comes up pretty much across the board with my clients and with my audience online is the fraud talk. So, you know, being on social media, seeing somebody else doing what you want to be doing, and then you're like, well, I can't do it that well, or I, I could try to do that, but then people will find out I stink, or, you know, all this stuff that we tell ourselves, this hate talk that we give ourselves. Um, and so that's a big thing. Post tour depression is a real thing, and it happens 
to a lot of performers, but they don't know that it's a thing or they try to, you know, just move past it. So coming off on tour and you don't have to be gone that long, you know, just like a two week tour can give you post-tour depression. And so you come back to your everyday life with maybe your day job or, you know, I've had clients where like the landlord evicted them or they, they sublet their apartment and they come back and it's trashed or their boyfriend, boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them while they were on the road. And it's really hard for them to get on stage every night when they're heartbroken. Um, all these different things when you're on the road, even if you love to travel, it's a lot to deal with. And then you've got the anxieties of you're anxious before you perform, but then you're performing and you're on this high because people are clapping and cheering. And then you come down from it and then you're alone mm. in your hotel room. And like, what's that like? So all these big shifts that happen in like, sometimes a two hour period can be really difficult to deal with. So that that's what I think are the most common things. Yeah, it can be like a roller coaster, like you're on and then you're off and it's a lot to deal with. What are some ways that singers can begin to, what if they're just like, I'm just trying to get up in front of somebody and sing, like where is a good place to start? What kind of um, mindset roadblocks do you see there? And then what's a good way to kind of like just push through them? Yeah, I really love because I, I was extremely introverted. I mean, I'm, I'm still fairly introverted, but when you're a face of a business, you just got to put yourself out there. And that's what singers are. You know, you are a business, you're an entrepreneur. So, you know, if, if you do find yourself not feeling comfortable in front of the camera, Periscope was such a wonderful tool for me. I don't know if that's still being used, but um, <laughs> but Periscope is a great app. But now, you know, Facebook has its own Facebook Live, Instagram Live, you know, all of these things. What I loved about that was that for me, that was great practice because I couldn't see anybody. And I just could set up the camera and pretend like when I was a little kid, they were just my stuffed animals that I was, you know, performing in front of or whatever it might be. So you know, just setting up the camera and doing a live and, you know, with Insta live with Insta stories, it's like, it's gone in 24 hours. And if you really hate it, you can delete it. But I really tell everybody, you know, it's okay to be messy. I mean, some of my most engaged videos um, have all been when I'm just like disheveled. I have no makeup on. I'm just being real and talking. You don't even have to perform, just talk, you know, you can do either one. But I understand, you know, if it's a song you just wrote or you're trying a new cover for the first time and it's, you know, oh my goodness, what about those trolls online? But if you just allow yourself to enjoy yourself and have a good time, that's going to resonate with a lot of people. So I always say go for the live streams first and get used to that and get your confidence up and then go to a local coffee house or, you know, go to, um, you know, an open mic or and. And don't care whether there's two people in the audience or 50, like just go and stare at the, the light in front of you. If you need to, you know, you don't have to do that and then build it. Then next time, tell yourself, I'm going to make eye contact with two people. And then next time I'm going to make eye contact with 10 people and, you know, just get your, you know, just build from there and you'll get a lot more comfortable. Oh, I love that. And the Facebook Live and Instagram Live, and it's so true. And if it totally bombs or you don't feel comfortable with it, you can choose not to share it, like, and it's just gone. Right. But at least you've had that opportunity to, like, put yourself out there and feel the camera on you and feel the potential eyes and kind of 
get the fight or flight going where you have to control that energy because it's hard to practice a performance without actually performing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a really great point. It's like, you know, you you can't just keep dreaming about it or or talking about it. Yeah. You just got to Got to get in there. And everybody that you probably idolize out there has had a really bad, I mean, Madonna's been booed. Britney Spears has been booed. You know, all these top performers at one time or another have had really horrible shows. Beyonce has had a bad show once or twice, believe it or not. You know, it's, it, this stuff happens. So it, everyone is a human. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you find that most people are more afraid of themselves and their expectations or of what other people think? You know, it's funny that you say that. I think they think they're afraid of other people's expectations, but when we peel the layers, it's always, no, that's what they think of themselves and that's what they're afraid of. And I always tell people, you know, on one hand, it stinks that society these days, we're always on our phone. We're always, you know, but but for for everybody else that's, you know, looking to perform, it's actually in your favor because, you know, when you're starting out and you're anxious because everybody's so consumed with their own stuff. Like, and I'm not, not to say that nobody cares what you're doing, but if you mess up, it's not at the top of their priority list. They've got so much other stuff to worry about you making a mistake or not having something perfect. You know, yes, there are trolls that might try to find you and bring you down, but those people are sitting in their parents' basement with no job or life. And this is what they do to feel better about themselves. Really? Like I literally picture like a dark basement with somebody stuffing their face with Kentucky fried chicken and just feeling horrible about themselves. And, you know, I always have to say to myself, you know, working, I used to work at a crate and barrel. I used to manage um, their, their merchandise department um, while I was building this company a couple years ago. And I'd have customers come in and just berate me for stuff that was completely out of my control. Like they didn't like the spoon that they bought, or they didn't like the pillow, how it looked on their couch. And they were, I've had people throw merchandise at me. And I have to realize like that is they might be going through a divorce or somebody just fired them or they have, you know, so when you do get the negative comments, I immediately now train myself to say, wow, they must have a really bad day to have nothing better to do than try to bring me down. So I automatically now go to that place. That was really great training for me um, working in retail because that's really important. And now I've learned to do that. And if somebody wants to say something negative, it has nothing to do with you. So I, and, and what I've learned is like, I'll do webinars and there will be tech issues. And one of my slides, there'll be spelling errors or something. And I'll feel like the biggest fraud in the world. And I'll feel like such a failure. And I'll usually get comments that say, don't worry, Suze, we're here. Like, take a minute to figure it out. We've got this. You know, we can sign back on. We could try again. Like, there, a lot of people are so understanding. And if, they're, if you're bringing them value, they'll stick with you. So just breathe through it and understand, as you said, it's usually their own voice that they're most afraid of disappointing. And just be messy. It's messy. Music is messy. Art's messy. So it's okay. And you've got another chance to do it over. Yeah, love it. So what are some ways that we can, I don't know, organize or come up with a plan? Um, Because a lot of the singers that I work with are, you know, they like to see themselves improve. And we all like, like if you're taking piano lessons or whatever, and you're 
turning the pages of your book and you're like, okay, I'm getting better. I'm progressing. But sometimes when you're singing, there isn't like a set book or a set path or you sing different repertoire, different genres. And it's difficult to like actually see our improvement. So what are some ways that we could um, try to like document that and organize those ideas so that we can see our goals, become inspired, and then keep the cycle moving? Sure. No, that's a great question. And so I can speak to this a little bit. I, I don't consider myself a performer at all, but at Drexel, we did need to study an instrument. So I did take three years of voice lessons. Um, and so in my, my, my brief um, life as a singer, what I, you know, what I would do too, is that for me, I have a, a big inner ear problem. And so I can't have too many instruments or playing at once or, you know, so that I don't, I can't hear if I'm sharp or flat or anything like that. So my vocal coach and I, I actually learned from muscle memory and I would know like middle C, I could feel it like right here. And then if I needed to hit it hot, a high A, I'd feel more of the vibration over here. So I would put my hand to her neck and she'd sing. And then I would have my hand on my neck and I would learn by muscle memory how to hit certain notes. So for me, like my goal was to, you know, memorize a certain song by X date, you know, and I would then just say, okay, well, let me work on the parts of the song that have like in the middle C range and let me really work on that. And then let me go to the higher, you know, pieces and break it down. And so really that's a metaphor for any goal where number one, make it a smart goal. So don't worry about being right or don't worry about it being the most effective goal. Like just trust yourself. What feels like a good goal for you to work towards is, do you have a recital coming up? Is there a song you you have trouble with now that you're trying to master? So state what it is that you want to accomplish and then give it a deadline and give, give yourself some parameter. Like, don't just say, I want to get better at this song because then you're not able to measure that. So like a smart goal is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. So, you know, you want to be able to measure it. So say, you know, I want to be able to sing this and make no more than three mistakes, or I want to be able to sing this without running out of breath, or I want to be able to sing this and, you know, um, add, add some acting performance skills to it, or, you know, like what, what, what barometer do you want to hit? Um, and then the next thing is your deadline. So by when do you want to hit this? And I, and I would choose something, you know, no more than like a month out because you, then you could then do the next step and the next step. Um, and once you have your goal in mind, then break it down. So just like I said, like I'd work in the mid range first and then I would work in the upper range. So break it down further into, well, how can I get there? Um, what are, what are the pieces of that puzzle that that's, that make that up and continue to reverse engineer that down into little, what I call micro tasks and then say to yourself, okay, well, if I need to make this happen, then every day for 20 minutes, I need to get up and practice this section until I feel confident. And then, then for the next five days after that, I'm going to add this section to it, you know, and, and then just keep building from there. Yeah. So what about on the, could you give us an example of that on the like business end of things where, you know, you're trying to get your music out there. You're, it's obviously really not my jam. That's why you're here. <laughs> but, you know, you're scheduling gigs, you're booking tours, you're right. what you're posting on social media. Maybe you're not booking tours yet, but you're 
working sure. up to it and you're not maybe seeing that's another thing too maybe you're not seeing a lot of momentum and you're like mm -hmm. is this really worth it how much time should i spend on it sure. and i know time management is your thing so. yeah no it's a great question also so when when you um look at something that's a great thing to to talk about not a lot of people um touch upon this is how do you know when okay i'm not seeing a lot of progress should i give up or try it again or you know is it me or is it the is the strategy um stuff like that so what i like to do in those cases is you know ask fellow peers you know did you find this working for you how did you go about doing that because for us we can't really predict the how you know we can have our goal we can have our steps but you never quite know the right path you're going to take sometimes it'll surprise you of how you're going to get there so i always tell people don't focus at the beginning so much on the how just try out what feels best for you and what you think you know based on your research what to do and then as you reflect i like to reflect each week on my progress did i make progress if i didn't why do i think that did i stick to what the strategy was or did i get distracted and maybe maybe i didn't follow the strategy to a t so maybe try being more disciplined and following the strategy you know it's like when i cook something and i hate you know paying attention to the recipe i'm like did this taste bad because i don't like the meal or because i didn't really measure correctly what the ingredients were so give yourself your best um effort to stick to whatever the strategy is and then figure out well is a certain piece not working for me do i have to tailor it for my needs or maybe my audience isn't responding to this particular strategy so i like to give myself 2 weeks to try out a strategy and then if it's and if if i can tell myself honestly that i followed it and that i stayed disciplined to it and it's not where i want it to be then i i tweak it or i ask a peer hey was there anything that you think i could be doing differently or i go on google and i research some feedback from other people um so then i tweak it and then for like another week or two weeks i i see if that's working so i think a two week period is a good um because there's so many distractions in life 14 days you'll at least get a couple of days in where you're able to follow something to a T and and see if it works for you. And when it comes to if you're touring or if you're releasing music or any of that stuff, same thing as that I mentioned with singers, just keep breaking it down. Like even if, I I hear artists all the time say, "Well, I don't know, I've never been on tour, so I don't know what to do." Okay, but like take a breath. You know that well, what do you need for a tour? You need you need shows to play, right? So okay, where do you start there well let's just start with uh, where can you get to right now you know if if you don't have a budget to fly well then look in your region like how how far are you willing to drive or if you have to take a bus where can the buses take you and then look in those areas okay what what music venues play your type of music okay make a list of that who do you need to contact at those venues make like so as you get to the next step then ask yourself well how like what do i need to get there well then i need to research to get those contact information so okay cool now that i have their contact information what do i do with it well i need to pitch to them okay how do i write a pitch okay let me google that you know there's just keep working backwards and your next steps will reveal themselves just keep breaking it down into pieces um and you know a lot more than you think you know like when it comes to a release okay what needs to happen it has to be release but what do i need i need finished music okay what does that mean i have to mix and match like just keep
figuring out based on what you know as the human being in the world, you know, what pieces make that up. And when you get stuck, ask, just ask people. Great ideas. Yeah. Follow the strategy because so many people will, you know, come to me or they'll like DM me or like in my Facebook group. And they'll be like, as we talked about earlier, you know, this isn't, it's not working. Like I'm, I'm not getting better at my singing. Like I'm still scared to like audition and perform. And I'll be like, okay, so what have you done? And they will like literally say nothing. But then that's not the thing but then they'll like blame it on themselves like I'm so and it's like no it's not your talent it's not your it's nothing to do with you it has to do with like you didn't make a plan and you didn't follow it so if you make a plan and you have a strategy like you said and then you try it you can think of it a little bit more like an experiment you can use what works yes get away and then it's not so judgment on yourself because you can't judge yourself if you don't have anything to judge like you didn't even give yourself anything to judge because you didn't even try anything (laughs) yes 100% I'm so glad you said that I always say like it's just an experiment and I I like to literally as you said I put myself in that mindset of like I'm in sixth grade and we're building those volcanoes and we're like (laughs) testing out how much stuff we put into it to get it to erupt like I literally try to like visualize myself in a lab coat and I'll say this is just an experiment. My boss at Atlantic Records used to always say, he used to walk around and just like pop M&Ms in his mouth. And he's like, guys, we're not curing cancer. Like, I mean, yes, music is powerful. And yes, it can have an impact. And that's why you do what you do. But making a mistake is not life or death, thank God. And so just have fun. It's fun. Like, just have fun with it. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. I think a lot of people may get held back with the breaking down of the goals, like you mentioned, just because it seems so far away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll ask people like, what do you want? And they'll be like, well, I want to sing better. And I'm like, well, no, but like, what do you want? What do you want to do with this? Like, what do you see yourself doing? And it like takes a while to get it out. And then it still doesn't really come out. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, do you see that a lot too, where people might be like afraid to actually say what they want because then it might not come i mean what are your thoughts on that absolutely i hear that all the time and i think i think it's it's two things one it's this fear that um we don't know exactly how we're going to get there so we figure well then what's the point because Mm. i don't have i don't know i just you know i have a dream in my head that i don't want to tell people because once i say it out loud then I'm going to be even more lost than I am now because I don't even know how to go about doing it. Right. So that's the one thing that's the overwhelm. And that is very common. Um, and I think, you know, if you just state it that once you get it out there and really verbalize it or write it down, which is also super important, it's amazing how that unlocks certain things in your brain. You think, well, I'm thinking about it and I've thought, I think about it every day. So I must be clear on it, but you're, you'd be surprised how many times you get even more clear on it when you talk it out and when you write it down. Um, so that's number one. Um, and, and the overwhelm also just, we don't realize it, but the overwhelm also is from just keeping this inside and bottled up. So when you release it, you'd be surprised how much of that overwhelm goes away. So just identifying it is, is big, but the other piece you brought up as to, you know, what if that's not meant for me? Or what if I'm not good enough? Or what, what am I thinking? That's way too big of a dream. Um, you know, 
two two things on that. I mean, number one, again, like people hold Beyonce like as such as like, oh my goodness, like she's still a human being. She's not a unicorn. She's not a robot. Like she was still nine years old, you know, dreaming up big things and not being sure, you know, if she'd make it, but she had a mindset and a discipline and she kept working for it. So don't be afraid to dream big, you know, and I used to play so small all the time. And my business partner used to always say, you're not dreaming big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. And I used to think, well, yeah, because who the hell am I to dream that big? And it's like, well, who the hell was anybody else? Who was Steve Jobs? Who, you know, they weren't born magical unicorns. So, you know, under understanding that part, um, but the, the second piece of it is that we always think, oh, I'm, I'm scared of failure but we're not, we're scared of success. Failure is um, commonplace. Failure, we, we know what that looks like. Yeah, <laughs> like we know how to feel disappointed. We know what to do. I mean, it used to be like, you know, um, dating, it's like dating guys that aren't healthy for you, but I know what that feels like. Like that's, you know, but the thought of like meeting the right person, oh my goodness, that's so like overwhelming. Um, success, the thing is failure, no matter what you're failing at, it's going to bring the same type of feelings, right? It like big or small, you know, I'm going to feel disappointed in myself. I'll eat a bunch of ice cream. I'll cry myself to sleep. Like, you know what to expect from feeling that way. But with success, each success is going to be bigger than the next one, because now you're not your past self anymore. You're an improved person now. And then you succeed again, and you're a more improved person than you were before. So each success makes us, it's a new plateau for us. So we don't know what feelings it's going to bring. We don't know what that life is going to be like. We don't know what that means for all the other pieces of our life. We don't know the domino effect it can have. And so as wonderful as that might feel, as animals, we don't like the unknown. It's scary. We run away. If an animal, if a squirrel doesn't know what it's coming at, it runs the other direction, right? So it's, it's that fear. And so what I like to do, um, you know, as, as important as it is to get it out and get it out on paper, another piece of it, and this is more from Danielle Laporte, uh, she wrote the desire map. Um, I'm always telling people about it is to really visualize in your brain. Once you've stated it, once you get it out on paper, visualize, how do you want to feel? How, what is that goal? As you, you touched upon a little bit before too, like why, what's, what's the purpose of your goal and how do you want to feel? Because when we think what the goal is, then we worry about how am I going to get there? But instead of worrying about how you're going to get there, focus on how you want to feel. What is this goal going to do for you? If you say you get, you know, that you want to get the lead role in an opera and that's what you've been dreaming about and you're about to make your debut at Lincoln Center and you're like, okay, I've, I've got it. What are you feeling? You know, what, what uh, is that bringing up for you? What do you want to, you know, what other things is, is, are happening in your life when, when you get that? You know, if you start acting, it's not a fake it till you make it. It's a getting familiar with who your future self is. And so sometimes I like to write myself a letter from the future, having all the things that I already have that want to have and saying, this is great, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you worked so hard these last couple of years because I'm really enjoying A, B, and C. Here's what, you know, and because now I'm more familiar with who that new person, I'm introducing myself to my future self. 
And if you can get more comfortable with that person, hang out with them a little bit in your daydreams, visualize that, then you're focused on, on what you're feeling and not how you got there. Because the how will reveal itself as you keep going. And so if you're focused on what you're feeling, what's great about that is not only will it, you'll visualize it and you'll get more clear on your goal and getting there and stay motivated, but you'll also realize, and Danielle Laporte was brilliant for this, if I want to feel, say, accomplished or I want to feel proud, before I even get to that goal, I'm realizing, oh, wow, I can feel proud getting there. I can feel proud with these little minute steps. And once you get familiar with that feeling, you're not scared of it and you realize you don't have to wait for that goal in order to feel that way. So it's motive. It's like really deep and it's crazy, but it, it's a game changer once you embrace that. That is so cool. And it's so weird too, because if you think like, okay, how do I want to feel or how would I feel in that moment? Like what you just described, like if you were an opera singer at the Lincoln Center and you're about to go on, you're like, how would you feel? And I would be like, well, I'd be like nervous and excited, which is interesting <laughs> because if you ask the same question, like, how do you feel before you go live on Facebook? It would be like nervous and excited. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. So right. it's so weird because like where we're getting to, like where we want to feel is like how we're actually could be feeling right. now. <laughs> like, right. And you realize then the goal isn't this mammoth thing. It's not that much different than going on Facebook live. It's the same feelings. And so you're telling yourself, Tiffany, look, I got this. Like I felt that before. I know what that feeling is like. I know that it's great. And I'm going to chase that feeling to the next plateau and then the next plateau and the next plateau. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I always tell people like, if you're not nervous, then there's probably a problem because like, that's how our ancestors stayed alive. Like oh, true. <laughs> yeah. We're afraid of tigers and mammoths and we're <laughs> running from them. We get that adrenaline and that energy. Right. And when we're about to go, you know, on stage, we feel that same energy. And if we, if we didn't feel it, there'd probably be a problem with us. <laughs> so you're normal. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> well, this has been so fun. And I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are very like, this is a huge thing for them. Mm -hmm. So you really helped a lot. Um, if you could just leave them with like one pearl of wisdom, like what would that be? I would say to just be kind to yourself because for so long we get so focused on these goals that we feel like that defines our value. And for so long, like I was like, I need to be an executive at a label and that's going to define who I am. And when that goal didn't work out, I felt worthless. And it was just like, that's not, you're not your goal. The goal is just something for you to spend your days working towards and something to accomplish. But you're so much bigger than your work or your talent or how many people follow you online. So I would just say be kind to yourself, you know, Pink always would say like in her songs, like, you know, like, would you say that to somebody else? Like you would never talk to your best friend that way. So why would you talk to yourself that way? And I think that that's something I, I'm, I still work on, but just be kind to yourself because this, this industry is hard enough. Don't make it harder. <laughs> yeah. So where can we find you and learn more about you and what you're doing and what you have going on? 
Sure. So um, if you ever want to see me online and, you know, look like I've got an arrow through my head, I'm just noticing I look like a dunce now <laughs> with an arrow through my head. See, things happen and we just got to go with them. Um, so if you want to find me online having more tech issues and, and being silly on camera, um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Rockstar Advo. Um, and you can uh, find me every week on the Musicpreneur Mindset podcast and come say hi. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Star Singer podcast. If you are loving this podcast, if you are loving this content, and you want to keep getting more amazing episodes just like this, I would absolutely love it if you could take one minute out of your really busy day and leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps with our rankings and it's going to allow other singers to be able to find us and join you in your journey to singing better, giving your best performances, and giving amazing auditions. I would so appreciate an awesome rating and review. We're going for five stars here. So thank you so much.